I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 213 of Better Podcasting. On this final show of 2019, we run down my podcast gear and set of changes for the year. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we talk about new image rights that you might want to know about as a podcaster. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have listener feedback about a humble bundle for the video creator. Lauren, start the show now so we can wrap the show up for 2019. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to the last time that you have to hear from me for 2019. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that SP is here again this week. I am. We got through the holidays and we're getting through the new year here. Mm -hmm. It's wrapping up 2019 and it has been a fun year. As a matter of fact, it's been so fun. We had another contest to end the year with the whole one thing, didn't we? We did. If you didn't catch us, uh, we were asking for people to submit their one thing for 2020. Basically, pick one thing that you want to work on for 2020 and you would be entered in the draw if you submitted to us. And it was going to be a draw for a Samsung Q2U. And we're going to go ahead and do a draw right now and give that away. We're including all of the entries in this that were received uh, and played in the last couple of episodes. So definitely we're going to go ahead and do that draw right now. SP, you have it in your hand, in your possession. And no, no, I was just explaining how we're going to do this because I think it's important to explain how to do it. So what I did this time around, instead of doing little pieces of paper, is I went into my Scrabble uh, set that we have, and I pulled out a letter for each of the people that actually came in, and that included a Z for Zachary for Serious About Tech. You had Chris come in with C. Uh, you had Stephanie with an S, Amanda with an A, and uh, Damien with a D. The problem is we had a Jeff and a Johan. Johan spelled with a J. So I had to think outside the box. So I went with their podcast initials. So we have Toe Business Podcast with Jeff. That's a T. And Johan is in the Burning Rooms podcast, and he has a B. So I just want to say everybody's got their own actual tile here, and it's going to go in the hat. (laughs) And I think it's important because we're a podcast about podcasting. I just want to tell, you know, these are ways that you can do to make it fair. So I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to reach into the hat. I'm going to pull out one. Hold on. I should do an NPR narration. SP is reaching into his hat and he is grabbing a Scrabble letter. He has pulled out the letter B. The letter B stands for the Burning Rooms podcast, which is Johan. So congratulations to Johan. This is the most anticlimactic announcing of a contest in the history of better podcasting because I am talking like NPR. We got to be excited. <laughs> Johan, man. Where'd it go? You just won yourself a Samsung Q2U. That's great. Go ahead. Send us an email. Podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We'll get your address and I'll get this sent off to you in the new year of 2020. So you'll have a microphone that you can take on the road with you. It's going to be great. And I know you're all about promoting your podcast. So I can't wait to see what you do in 2020. Seriously, congratulations on that. Uh, That's fantastic. And uh, also, we expect you, Johan, to put a sticker on the side of that like you did your main podcast, Mike. If you didn't remember that a couple weeks ago, there was a video clip and SP talked about how he had a sticker on the side of his uh, his, I almost said a Samsung SM7B, uh, his sure SM7B. Uh, I was right. I almost said Samsung, not even Samsung. And, uh, no, we want to see that on your Samsung Q2U, uh, CS sticker if it fits, but seriously, congratulations, Johan and SP. I really like the original way 
that you did that draw. I didn't know about that. I think that that's a great way to do the draw. And if you're ever doing a draw or something like that, think outside the box like that. How can you have fun with your podcast? Change it up a little bit, especially if you do a video side of things. Otherwise, if it's audio only, you got to do what SP said and explain how you're doing it because the audio listener can't see it. The bonus with us is we did it live on video, so you could go ahead and, and backtrack what we did. We didn't doctor anything or anything, and that's one of the things. You got to be impartial. You got to be fair. I want to say a special thank you to everybody that sent in their one thing for 2020, and we look forward to hearing how you're doing on that as we progress through the quarters of 2020. And also, if you hadn't had a chance to send in your one thing for 2020 and you still want to do that, we can go ahead like we did last week with Damien and play it in the listener section at the end. And then you'll be on record for what you want to do to help your podcast in 2020. And we can keep track of that throughout 2020. We look forward to hearing from you. But the contest is closed. So you're not entered in that. So we can't time travel. We're not Marty McFly, Doc Brown. We both know that I would be Doc Brown. Let's go ahead and move on to our featured segment this week. Which one of us is the rocket scientist? Oh, SP, I am so glad we're doing this this week. For the last week, I have been hearing nonstop from the listeners and the viewers about how their Christmas was ruined because they had to hear about my list and instead they've been waiting to hear yours. They all gathered their family around the Christmas tree. They put on better podcasting and they went, wait, this isn't SP's list. So SP, please bring in at least a New Year's celebration so that people can gather around with their friends as they celebrate and drink heavily listening to better podcasting. The first thing I did is I bought myself a Samsung QTU. No, I'm sorry. This is Johan Samsung QTU. I just had it in my hand. So no, that is not what I added to my studio in 2019. I did add a Samsung QTU to my studio last year, and I did use it on the road. And I did like the sound, except for my sibilance in my voice. So i got to figure out a way to do that live as we're podcasting and not in post-processing. One thing I did add to my studio this year was the Rode Pod mic. We talked about it last week. This is it in the box. Steven had his out on the stand. I do actually have it. It's not the actual same box. Like I have the empty box and he has the microphone. Here it is in the box right there. It is heavy. I know Steven said it was light. It is not as heavy as some big microphones could be, but it's not light either. It's a solid piece of tech. And for the price point, it's okay. Now, Stephen said we were going to talk about it a little bit more in this episode than we did last episode because he knew we were going to talk about it this episode. And overall, I'm going to just say my opinion on it is meh. Yeah. Yeah. You, you heard it. Meh. That is my opinion on it. Okay. It's a solid mic. For the price, it's pretty competitive. I'm not a fan of the cutoff frequency. I went back to the episode that we did on it. And I know you did some post-processing on it. And I had the DBX 286 on it in the time that we recorded as well. And it's just not the microphone for me. Now, Stephen, I was listening to you on it and it actually accentuated your voice. Okay. You had a little bit of the frequency cutoff on the end. You had a little bit of the high notes that were accentuated a little bit more high. And it's just not how I'm used to normally hearing your voice, but you didn't sound bad. That's one thing to take on this. It's not bad. It's okay. We did use them on Better Podcasting episode number 191. You can go back and listen to them there. I think, Stephen, you used yours maybe once or twice. Otherwise, I don't remember exactly the episodes. Yeah, I don't remember. I think I used it a little bit uh, on the Gunna Geek show or something like that. But um, I I agree with you. Uh, it's kind of a mad microphone for me. If I was looking for some budget microphones that I thought might need to have somebody that could step away from the mic, maybe somebody that has bad mic etiquette, like physical being able to stay on top of the mic and eat the microphone. That might be my choice. But aside from that, like I personally like the sound of a couple handheld microphones a little bit better. So in the price range that we were able to obtain it, it was 99 US dollars. And in that price range, I would recommend the SE Electronics V7, 
the Blue Encore 100, the Samsung QTU, maybe even the Shure SM7B, not the Shure SM7B, the Shure SM78 over the Rode PodMic. I know a lot of people were just clamoring over the Rode PodMic because it was this great microphone for the beginner, and it is, but I think you can actually use other microphones instead. And Stephen's holding up, actually, is that the SM... 58 in comparison it is yes the actual diaphragm looks like it might be about the same i know the rode pod mic has internal shock mounts i actually haven't taken mine apart yet but it's got about the same diameter when it comes to the actual bulb of the 58 versus the diameter of the pod mic and I think that if the price tag was what it was originally supposed to be, which was $150, if you're comparing it to the microphones that we've looked at, like the Golden Age Project, what is it, uh, D2, I believe, and the Art D7, and those microphones, those large diameter microphones that are under $200, like the $150 to $200 range, if you're comparing it to them, it's got some legs. If that's what you're going to get, in the $150 range, but I still think the SE Electronics V7 beats all of those microphones, and that's $100. So you have to go with what's out there. Some people say it controls plosives a little bit better. I still think you need to have proper microphone technique, and there's no specialty pop filter like we can get with the RE320. And there's just a pluses and minuses. I think there's For my opinion, there's too many minuses over the pros. Again, it's not a bad sounding mic. You can still podcast with it. You're still going to be understandable and people are probably going to like the sound that they hear. I just think they're going to like it better if you go with another microphone. So the next thing we're going to talk about is one thing that Steven talked about last week, and that is the Samsung SmartThings Hub. I did buy this. I actually bought a Wink Hub 2 as well. I just didn't grab the box. I still have it. It's new in the box. I have not hooked it up because I went back and forth before I hooked it up. And I'm like, you know, Samsung Smart Hub, I want to try that out instead because I'm just not feeling comfortable with the way that Wink support is going right now. And just like two weeks later, a month later, we found out that Wink really took a nosedive in 2019. Thus, why Steven switched over to the Samsung Smart Hub. So I didn't have a Smart Hub before then. I do now. And the reason why this is important is for two things. First of all, I installed a GE Z-Wave Smart Switch in my studio. And this is the box. The actual Smart Switch is in the wall right now. And uh, did I absolutely need that for how I podcast? Because I podcast a little bit differently in my studio than Steven. No, I didn't need it. But it does mean I don't have to get up from my chair to actually hit the uh, switch. And when I'm FaceTiming on my iPad mini or my iPhone with my sister, there is this halo around my head from the light above because the phone's down on a little stand and it's looking straight up at the light. I can just automatically turn that off by voice command or by going into the app and I don't get that. So it makes my studio a little bit more versatile for personal and podcasting use. That's one thing that I actually earned there. Let's be honest. The real reason you have that is because whenever I FaceTime you or video call you, you always claim to be in bed. You're like, oh, I'm in bed. So you can just shut off the lights really quick if you're at your computer and you, you know, put on a groggy face and be like, Steven, I'm in bed. Why are you calling me again? And then when, when I hang up, you can turn the lights back on. True story. We both have butt dialed each other <laughs> on video calls in the past. It wasn't as bad as you calling Chris on the A word, the Amazon A word. But yeah, we've both done it in the past. And we're like, oh, sorry, didn't mean to call you. And I know what happened. It was just a butt dial or his kids got a hold of his phone or something like that. The next thing I already mentioned it is the Wink 2, the Wink Hub 2. I went out to Home Depot. I got one of the last ones that were on the shelf at that point in time, because in consultation with Steven and Chris over on the gunnageek.com show, it seemed to be the most versatile. And honestly, after using the SmartThings hub, the capabilities that were in Wink 2 
were better and they still would be better if they would work today, but you just can't guarantee that it's going to work or a lot of people it's just off permanently. So I'll say that is a hundred dollar failure. I've never taken it out of the box. I did not take it back to Home Depot, which Steven and Chris recommended I do. No, 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 no. I, I, this, this might come back and it just looks like it's not going to, I think they were keeping the company operating for, I don't know what, for customer to, to help out customers that had existing hubs where they trying to get bought out. I'm not sure why, but, and I could speculate why they failed, but it was basically a hundred dollar brick that I bought and it's still in the box back there. I could sell it. I think I'm going to look into selling it on eBay. I don't know why anybody would buy it, but it's never been used. So that was a hundred dollar failure. Yes, you do have some failures in your studio from time to time, which let's get into the next failure. I tried some smart bulbs along the way. I tried the Sylvania smart plus bulbs so that they would interface with the Samsung smart things hub on the Z-Wave. I didn't want Wi-Fi. I didn't want to clutter the Wi-Fi in my house. And I wanted ultimately to be able to do the same thing that Steven does in the podcast studio, maybe tint things a certain way, definitely be able to turn the bulbs on and off. So instead of bringing them into the studio and breaking my studio, what I did is I brought them into the bathroom in my house because I have several places where I can do that. I had three. Two out of the three have failed. Now I got a replacement for one. The second one, I'm not even going to bother because with a failure rate of two out of three, I'm just going to uh, not do that anymore. And that's another thing. When you enter into this, you have to get into it and be able to decide how you best want to control it. Now in the bathroom where I put the bulbs, I was like, well, I, I can do like a Valentine's Day theme. And you know, when we go in there in the morning, I can make everything pink. Or if it is uh, anniversary day or 4th of July, I can make it red, white, and blue or, you know, different themed days. I can go ahead and make scenes for that. And I thought it was pretty neat. I was going to start buying colored bulbs for the kitchen and be able to do mood lighting there. I'm glad I did. It's just a lot of money for things that are not working for me right now. That is not to say that smart bulbs won't work for you I'm just saying that the Sylvania Smart Plus ones that I got had a failure rate of two out of three. I'm gun shy about continuing to use them. Fair enough. And with any podcast equipment, if you had that failure rate, you'd definitely consider it again. Kind of like my Behringer stuff when it failed two gears out of three. Behringer, terrible product. Behringer, I've had good success. <laughs> All right, let's move on there from that little argument. And then, yes, I got a smart plug. I have various smart plugs in the house. And these are some things that you control with the app or through your hub device. If you have a voice activated device like Google or Amazon, I got this specifically for podcasting. You're like, really? What, what are you doing in your studio using this? I'm not really using it in the studio. Earlier on this year, I was having an issue with bandwidth and I still am. I'm still bandwidth limited, which really chafes me because I'm spending an awful lot of money to get really miserable uplink. And it's the best that I can get. I, everybody in my neighborhood complains about it. And everybody in the area that isn't on fiber yet is complaining about it. And I was thinking, well, there is something that in my house that's using some bandwidth. It's a secondary, uh, remote Wi-Fi router. It's an extender for lack of a better term. So an extender on my Wi-Fi router. I thought if I sit down to podcast and I turn that off, it might inconvenience a couple of people, but I will limit bandwidth and it won't be sucking up the bandwidth. So I got the smart things outlet and I used it to turn that off remotely. This is dangerous because if you're not using the right Wi-Fi for the smart plug, you might not be able to actually turn it back on. So if you put the smart plug on the Wi-Fi that the extender is running and you can't get your other Wi-Fi to it, or maybe it's on a different band or a different login or whatever, you're not going to be able to turn it back on. So I made sure that this was on the smart things hub, not on the Wi-Fi hub that was up there, the extender. And yeah, it worked. It turned it off and turned it back on. No problem it didn't solve my bandwidth problem. So it was something that I was trying just to try to limit the bandwidth in the house and it didn't work. And I ended up still having an issue, which we'll get to later. Actually, we'll get to it now. 
Hangouts on YouTube, that YouTube live function that you were able to bring multiple people in and do automatic switching, that went bye-bye in 2019, Stephen, right? I don't, I don't remember. It sounds familiar. Um, is, is that that blab thing? Is that what that was? Blab? No, it was another way to easily get your video podcast out there. And YouTube just want, didn't want to do it. It didn't want to do it because it didn't want to interface with everybody's computer and it didn't want to take up the bandwidth, I'm guessing. I mean, they're using an awful lot of bandwidth as things are right now. And they just shut that down. You can still use it, but you can only use it with your individual camera. There's no way to pipe in a feed that you're combining from other people. So you're going to have to use some sort of third-party software to combine your call anyway. And ultimately, there are different ways to do that. Now, the way that Steven and I have done this for years, and Chris too, over on All Things Good and Nerdy on Starling Tribune and GunnaGeek.com, is we use a combination of either XSplit or OBS Studio and Skype or some other way to connect. We've used different ways over time, but Skype seems to be the common denominator that we've migrated to all along. Well, Skype started this thing that you could pull the different NDI feeds into third-party software like XSplit or OBS Studio, and you could do that with Skype. So we tried to do that with Skype. Unfortunately for me, if I do it with one person at work, so I can grab their NDI and I can throw it into XSplit or OBS Studio and then I can broadcast that back out. As soon as I add a second co-host or a guest, it falls apart. It stops, it stutters, and it disconnects. It just can't handle it. I thought, well, maybe it's my computer. I did a bunch of looking into the computer and making sure it wasn't bogged down. Could it still be the computer? Maybe, but I don't think so. I did a bunch of things like looking at my Wi-Fi. I turned off the entire house's Wi-Fi, which I can do, actually. I can shut that off, and then I can shut off the extenders via the outlets. And yeah, no, that wasn't it. It is literally my upload, and I think I'm at 15 up, and that is not enough to do two feeds plus mine and a stream somewhere, just one stream. So I can't do a restream. I can't do a Twitch. I can't do a YouTube. It doesn't matter where. It just failed. So yeah, my adventure into using that software failed. So I started to use a third-party hardware or software called StreamYard. Now StreamYard has been working for us on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's limited in what you can do. Definitely limited it for free. And it, even if you pay it's limited and you look like any other streamer out there. Yeah, there are adding more and more personalization that you can do with your streams if you pay for the plan. But I, I'm just I refuse to play for the plan because I I don't have enough people watching the live show to really get into it. I know that there's people that watch the show later, so it's good to collect the video and publish the video later. But as far as the live show, it's just not enough to have me pay for a third-party software that's going to enable a bunch of that personalization and customization. Yeah, I have to say, I'm really happy to see you start using StreamYard this year um, just so that we have got some experience with it. But if I was to recommend somebody who is looking for a simple Hangouts on-air uh, replacement, that would probably be the one that I would. And it seems to be working overall fairly well for you with those limitations. And uh, you've you've had pretty good success. There will be others that come out that are equal in capability. And ultimately, I mean, if you're using something, you probably should want to pay for it so it doesn't go bankrupt at some point. But I think there's enough people that are paying for it that it's going to maintain where it is and I can continue to use it free. Now, will I migrate to a paid version later when I want to upgrade things? Maybe, but I don't think that's a place that I want to upgrade quite yet anyway, until we get more live viewers. Moving on to the next ad to my studio podcasting for 2019. We talked about this last time. It's the SD cards. Now, Stephen brought up different things that I want to talk about, and I want to talk about the cost. I want to, yeah, I've been using these things as one use thing. So I basically fill them up and then when it, they're filled up, I put a new one in. And I keep them for a backup long-term storage. Are these the best for long-term storage? No. No, they're not. 
Another reason why I do it is I just don't want them to go bad. So I use them one time and if they're used, then great. Then I don't have to worry about them going bad. The second time I have had all my co-hosts have had bad SD cards at some point in time on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they've had to buy new ones. So I know they run out at some point. And yes, that has affected the podcast and we've had to go to backup recordings for them. When I first started using the Zoom H6, I wanted to get the 64 gigabyte SD card. Now, these were the big SD cards. These weren't the small SD cards, the micro SD cards with adapters. The most you can put in a Zoom H5 is 32. The most you can put in a Zoom H6 is 64 gigabytes. So I will only buy a 64 gigabyte card. They used to be $40 and you can get them $25, $20 on sale for years. And this has been going on since like 2014. This year, especially, I was able to get these things on sale at the micro SD card with the adapter for 12 bucks. And I've heard sales less than 10 or $11 a piece for 64 gigabytes. This makes it even more reasonable to just use them one time and then move on to the next one and then keep the files here and you have a backup for your files. Now, this does mean that you're going to have to find somewhere to store them. I have used a little flip thing in the past, but I have a coworker that has a 3D printer. Coworker is always looking for different ways to use the 3D printer. Last year, he had a 3D printer, I forget which brand, but he made me this SD card holder, which we talked about last year with a top on it. And I was able to be enable the storage and um, keep the dust out, so to speak. That was pretty cool. This year, he wanted to try something different. It was a new printer, so he had to go get the 3D um, actual uh, file again to the CAD file to create this. Couldn't find the same one. He was looking for the same one. He didn't find it, but he found one that was bricks and that you can expand the brick. Now, why did I need a new one? I needed a new one because I'm using SD cards and drones. I'm using them in cameras. I'm using them in my various recorders. I'm using them in a streaming capture device as I'm game playing. So yeah, I needed more storage and I got this and it's free for me. So why not go for it? But if I wasn't, I'd be using that flip thing that we talked about way back in 2015. Steven, one of our favorite microphones is the Audio-Technica AT2005, isn't it? It is. Uh, that's the one that if all prices were even, we would recommend that. Even though it doesn't have that lifetime warranty that the allegedly the ATR2100 has, which I always like to put a little disclaimer on there that I've heard stories about people not having great success with that. But in any case, uh, the AT2005 is the one that we, uh, we enjoy, I think, the most out of the three. Yeah, we do. I mean, given push comes to shove, I might switch over the Samsung QTU, but I do really enjoy the AT2005. It was like the first microphone that I got that was like, this is so cool for podcasting. I really need to do this. And it was at the time that I was debating between the 2100 and 2005, and I just felt like the black, it just made it better, right? Probably sounds the same. So it comes with a little travel pouch, which is another reason that I liked it over the at ATR2100 is I like this travel pouch and it went in my go bag, my backpack that I use for work and podcasting really nicely. It's got, a, I don't know if you can tell on the camera or not, but it, it says audio technica writing on the front. I've known this since I got it. And I think Steven, you've mentioned it or realized it from time to time. The zipper is really weak. It's a plastic zipper. It's not very thick. And ultimately when you're stuffing all the cords that you're using, the stand that you're using, that came with the microphone and a pop filter over it. It's just a lot for this pouch. It's an, this, yes, this pouch can cover all of that stuff, can contain all that stuff, but it's a lot and put some stress on this zipper. Well, the zipper finally broke this year. So I'm like, crap, now what do I do? I don't want to buy another 2005 because the microphone itself is fine. So I went online, I searched for a while and I found this bag from, and I believe it's called Ore, and this zipper is a metal zipper and it's thicker. It's like you would see on a, a big jacket or whatever, and it works fine. It doesn't have the faux leather finish on the outside, but if you unzip it, which I am going to do right now, 
and you get to the inside, it's a padded inside. And I know you can't really see that on camera, but it's like a, a small foam padding. Ooh. And it just, it's got like a felt feel to it. And I think it protects the microphone a little bit better than this Audio Technica bag did, which has a felt lining, but it's not padded at all. So this was an upgrade. I believe it was something like 20 bucks or something on Amazon. I was able to get it. I think you can also get it at B&H. But yes, if you take a look at it, this is all the gear that I take with me with the AT2005 microphone. So that was pretty cool. But when I was searching, I came across something else and I was like, well, I do take the ATR2100 and I put it inside my convention bag that I've got up to six people can record with that. And I have six Sennheiser MD46s in it and stuff like that. Didn't get a chance to use it this year, but I had a Ziploc baggie with the ATR2100 and I'm like, you know what? I need to look at a case for that. Well, you go online, you search, and there is a hard case for the ATR2100. So I opened it up when it came and it was pretty cool because it has a little pass package for the big cords, like the XLR cord and the, uh, the USB cord on top, little mesh, mesh pocket up there. And then on the bottom, there's actually cutouts. There's cutouts for the stand. There's cutouts for the microphone itself. And there's a cutout for the microphone clip. Now, I don't use the standard microphone clip. I use the onstage MY325. And I have a little microphone windscreen that goes over that. This little foam little windscreen that goes over it. So all that goes in here, it's a great protection. And it's great for that case that I go in it, go in the big case with all the other stuff in it problem is it's huge. If I was to take this in my go bag, it would take most of the go peg uh, pouch up that the microphone goes in. But the bonus with that is that you could end up getting pulled aside at every security checkpoint ever because you'd have such a stuffed bag. So you could get constantly pulled aside. There's an advantage. And it's happened to me before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've taken precautions and, you know, you buy the correct passes and stuff and you can bypass the stuff. But if you are taking this in your luggage, this is a great case for that. And if you're like on a sailboat, maybe, because I see a lot of sailboat YouTube channels and a lot of them are transitioning to podcasts. If you want to do that, use this microphone for podcasting on a sailboat. You know, this is a great protective case that you can store somewhere. Again, it's big, but at least it's protected. So yeah, this was pretty cool. And it's Caseling is the brand, by the way. Caseling right there on the top. And I found mine, I believe, on Amazon. Another thing that broke after years, years of use. Uh, one of the first headphones that I bought for podcasting were the Sony MDR7506s. I also bought the Audio-Technica ATH-M50X. Those long-term listeners of the podcast know that those headphones are now at work. I use them for my work listening. Well, both of these headsets have been so well used and it's about four years old that guess what the cups started degrading you can see on the video podcast here that the one cup it is the left cup of the sony you can see that a bag that's faux leather is starting to peel back and the foam is starting to actually be exposed there so i need new cups i need new foam pads for both of them and I haven't got them yet for the Sony's, but I did buy them for the Audio-Technica ATH-M50X. I bought the Brainways Hybrid Memory Foam new ear cups. I thought this would be great. I tried, by the way, to get the factory stuff and I couldn't find the factory replacement cups anywhere. They might exist. I just didn't find them. So I was like, okay, let's try these Brainwaves stuff. I thought it'd be fine. It would just be a different feel for the cup. Not so much. Okay, so a couple of interesting things. First of all, the audio quality degraded. I was like, why the heck is this? It's because they're the cups are actually sitting in different positions on my head, and the replacement cups I had didn't have the same noise isolation as the original cups. So I had degraded performance. Now, I'm just using them at work to listen to podcasts, so no big deal. As long as I can still listen to them, that's fine. That $25 set of replacement cups will work just fine for a couple of years as I use it at work. But if I was using it in the studio, I'd be a little mad 
because I need the actual replacement cups from Audio Technica to get the one-to-one replacement. And we know from personal use is that the different cups with the ATH ATH M30X, the ATH M20X, the ATH M40X, and the ATH M50X are all different. So I want the actual cups that go on those specific branded headphones. Yes, they will all fit each other, but I want the stuff that came with the 50s. So Stephen, you have gotten aftermarket cups for one of your headphones as well. Well, not aftermarket so much as uh, switch the cups. Uh, back when okay. I first reviewed the Shure SRH440s, uh, I talked about how one of the things I did was upgrade the cups from the 440 to the 840 cups. And I recommended it for two reasons. Number one being comfort. They're just better, better for comfort. But the second thing was I talked about how they actually in, uh, improved the audio quality. It actually made it a bit more even toned. So totally know exactly what you're talking about. The, the cups can make a difference. And that's one of the reasons why I generally tell people, like, if you're going to replace the cups on there, if you can't find the original ones, know that you're going to have a change in sound. One thing that we both wanted to work on this year, especially as we were doing like the Guinea Geek Gear videos, is we wanted to go from 1080 to 4K video. And this is something that you're not really going to stream because I couldn't imagine streaming 4K video if I'm having problems uploading with 1080 video. But actually recording 4K video stuff on your phone is great. The problem is I found it extremely difficult to take 4K 60 frames per second video off of my iPhone and actually get it transferred somewhere. You might think it's easy. It's not. You can't automatically of a certain size. You can't pull it off of your phone and throw it on your laptop or your computer through the lightning cord. You can't upload it to certain online storage like Dropbox or Media Play if it's over five gigabytes, I believe it just will stop the upload. So I'm like, ha ah, crap. I had to go through hoops in order to actually get these videos over at the 4k. So I'm like, okay, I am now looking at extraneous cameras, extra cameras. I wanted to get the Sony a 6400, which is brand new this year. That is the dream camera for a hobbyist, I think, and a videographer a vlogger. but I didn't have the cash for it and it came out too late. So earlier in this year, I had the opportunity to buy an action camera that was going to go to my daughter. It was partially going to be used for her in her graduation trips, and then I could use it to film videos or do stuff for podcasting. I ended up with the GoPro Hero 7 Black. I know they're at the 8 now, but earlier this year they had the 7. This was my introduction to action cameras. I've used it a few times. Matter of fact, I just filmed a short video for Chris and Steven have my holiday display and I did it using this. One great thing about this is you can use an app on your phone and you can actually stream live the can the, this use this camera and stream live through your phone to the internet. You can I believe do it through Twitch and YouTube. So this would be kind of great. The sound wouldn't be great, but the video would be great. Uh some limitations. You can only do the 4K 60p in a fishbowl lens and with this camera anyway. And you can't do the what we'll call the linear. You have to back it down to 2K in order to do linear. I'm like, okay, so that's a limitation. But it's still better than 1080. So I thought, well, this would be cool. And also, like I said, the audio kind of sucks on it. And uh, also the stabilization isn't as good as a handheld stabilizer. Now, I have not used this in conjunction with a handheld stabilizer. I believe I talked about my handheld stabilizer last year. Still use that thing from time to time. It's pretty cool. It's the DJI handheld stabilizer, but using this, it opened up a whole possibility realm and I'm glad I got it. It was relatively cheap for a 4k camera and I look forward to using it more in 2020. Fun fact, the number one way that he uses his GoPro is to have it facing his drone so that they're just videoing each other. And then he just watches that video for hours on loop. It's like the fireplace that you've seen over this holiday season, except SP just watches this feed of him watching his drone, watching his GoPro. Funny that you should say that. That is one of the uses that I wanted to do is oftentimes you see video of the drone and it flying away. But you at the beginning, you can show 
the person that's actually controlling it. And I, I wanted to show that. I wanted to see the drone going up while the drone's looking at me. Yeah, I actually wanted to do that. So I know you're just trying to make a funny here, but that is one of the uses that I saw, you know, either chest mounted or head mounted. Which, by the way, what version you said that was? That was the GoPro 7? The Hero 7 Black. Which yeah. is why he's getting an 8. So there can be an 8 setup, which is watching him watch the GoPro, which is watching both him and the drone and the drone filming all of it. So there's going to be all of these involved. One of the benefits of this over a drone is you can actually dunk it in the lake and you can still use it. Now, you might lose it in the lake, but uh, you can still use it. Uh, the drone, not so much. I will counter that you can absolutely put a drone and dunk a drone in a lake. <laughs> And use it later? <laughs> no, no, I never said anything about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm pointing. So yeah, cameras. If you're doing vlogging, if you do a companion YouTube channel, cameras are one of the things. One of the venerable webcams that we use is Logitech C920 or C922. They are starting to move into the 4K webcam market, USB webcam market, but I just wouldn't recommend it yet because of the upload throttles that you get, especially say you go to a hotel, a hotel might not have the same style or bandwidth or speed of Wi-Fi that you have at your house. So having a 4K camera might be detrimental if you're traveling around with a laptop doing that. Just saying you might just want to stick to 1080, at least for now on that. Let's move ahead to the software version of, I know we talked a little bit about it with YouTube Live, but let's talk about the other software that is new in my studio for 2019, Movie Studio 16. Steven and I both upgraded to Movie Studio 16. We talked about it on a previous ver uh, episode of Better Podcasting. It's a powerful editor. It's relatively cheap. We do still have issues. Matter of fact, I just experienced an issue with it the, today, and I was telling Steven about it. I was able to work through it, but it is a great editor for the price and for, especially for what we do as hobbyists. There are still some things I do on Audacity. I know Stephen will go back and forth with me on this. Stephen just doesn't have the same raw audio to edit with that I do. So yes, I do still need Audacity uh, for my workflow. Stephen doesn't need it for his. I definitely need it for mine. Another thing that was new this year, and we talked to the creator. Remember when we talked to Ed about the Backpack Studio and the difference between Boss Jock and Backpack Studio? Yeah, that was uh, that was fun to get that exchange. And I know that that was the thing that you added was your Backpack Studio app. I did. And I'm using it as my soundboard right now on uh, at least two different devices. I've got it on my iPhone 5S. I've got it on my iPad Mini 2. I also have it on my iPad mini four and my iPhone eight plus, but I just don't use those so much in podcast production. Can I record a podcast using those and like one of the USB microphones that we talked about earlier? Absolutely. Have I done it? No, I have not. It just, my use case doesn't have it, but I'm so glad that I have backpack studio because I have that option that I can go and do it and I can use it as a soundboard. It's been great. One thing that has absolutely nothing to do with podcast production other than reviewing podcasts and listening to podcasts is something that I don't know if we talked about over here on Better Podcasting, but we did talk about it over on the GuineaGeek.com show is I bought a new car this year or new to me car. And it is a 2017 Jeep Compass Limited, and it had the option to have Apple CarPlay and have Android Auto on it. I don't have a Droid. I have a iOS phone. And I was able to use CarPlay and that actually radically transformed the way that I listen to podcasts before I was listening to podcasts simply with an iPod nano and a iPod classic at work. I still do that at work, by the way, iPod classic, but now in the gym and in the car, I'm using my iPhone and I'm using overcast to listen to podcasts to completely transform the way I listen to podcasts. And it's been really cool. I can live update podcasts throughout the day that drop at noon. I can listen to them on my way home. And before I wasn't able to do that. Yes, I could have done it, but I just didn't do it as much as I do now. Now I just run everything to overcast and that's what I listen to. So that that's really been cool to me. And I've been able to keep in touch with podcasts and real time releases as they happen by using that. So to be clear, SP is recommending that you recommend to your subscribers to buy a new vehicle to listen to your show. I think that's the logic that he just said is 
is tell your listeners to buy a new vehicle to listen to your show. Maybe. I'm not, you know, that's not a bad thing uh, to upgrade your vehicle <laughs> after a certain time. We can get into the economics of when to get a new car versus keep your car. And if you can't afford a new paint car payment, you can't afford a new car payment. But eventually the maintenance is going to catch up with you and repair. Also, something that I bought this year, but I have not installed and I don't think I told Stephen about this. I did get the Amazon car unit that they have. I just haven't installed it, although I might have a chance to use it in the next couple of weeks. I was going to use it on the car that I was repairing because it's a 2007 model and I was going to drive it for a little bit after I repaired it, but the repair didn't work and I still have to repair it in 2020. That will be coming in the future. But yes, the the Amazon car unit is actually sitting behind me and uh, waiting to be unboxed. I also, in this whole thing, fell in love with audio dramas this year. Uh, yes, I had listened to audio dramas before. I had listened to books on tape before. Love that sort of stuff. But this is the year that I really fell back in love with it. We actually talked to Sarah Way Werner on the podcast earlier this year, and she produces Girl on Space, knows a thing or two about audio dramas, which are radically different than what we do in terms of the gunnageek.com network. And it is absolutely amazing to listen to those. And if you go back to last episode, Stephen, and you listen to the one thing that was provided by Damien, he said he was inspired to improve his podcast by using sound effects because of the same thing because of the increase in audio drama production and other playthrough productions as well so i think that's big and it's actually encouraged me and inspired me in 2020 to make some radical changes to legends of shield when i actually have the time probably starting in the february or march time frame the last thing i'll say and i don't think we mentioned this last week if we did i'm sorry i don't remember but it is still applicable. The reason why we don't have a lot of huge purchases in 2019, like 500, like multiple 500 or $1,000 purchases, is we have bought good quality, stable gear. We're able to maintain what we have. We bought the gear to meet not only our current requirements, but also including future possible requirements that we were thinking about doing in the future. Not to anything too extravagant. We're not buying $10,000 setups or anything like that. But if you buy a piece of gear, make sure that you include, well, I'm not only going to use it for this, but in a couple of months, I might want to do this. So instead of having to buy a whole new piece of gear and maybe sell the gear piece of gear that you have on eBay, just get the gear that you need the first time around if you can afford it and go from there. I think it, once you dial that in right and you have good quality equipment, you're going to have min minimal tweaking required. And you're going to be able to use your setup long beyond what you have budgeted for. And I'll give a great example. My Mackie V2 mixer and my Zoom H6 setup has been going strong for years. Are there better options now? Like if I was buying that setup, same setup now. Yeah, so the Mackie mixer, $400, $500. The Zoom H5, when I got it, was $400. So that's close to a grand. If I was spending a grand now, I would get a different piece of gear in order to do the exact same thing that I'm doing right now, but they worked at the time and they continue to work until they don't, it, which is always possible, especially as much as we use it. So yeah, I am expecting to transition those pieces of gear at some point, but for right now they're working great and I'm just going to keep on going with them. Yes, I did lose a Zoom H6, but I had a second one. So. <laughs> This is the Better Podcasting Download. People have been saying it for a long time. People have been saying, make sure you check where you get your album art from. And if you pay somebody on a service that's cheap, make sure that they're using stuff that is legally allowed. And we've also been pointing out for a long time that potentially podcasting could start to get hit with some of these different search areas that look for copyrighted material. Well, that era is here. Before we get into this, I want to specify that what we're about to talk about, the concept of images being copyrighted and, and that copyright being seeked out and executed on is not a new concept. If you've run web spaces for a while, you might have heard of this general concept we're about to talk about and be like, that's not new. This is kind of new for podcasting. Now, this is all from a pod news issue back on December 17th, 2019. And we'll just read this out word for word. Quote, 
a new legal risk for podcast directories and podcast apps, colon, unauthorized image use. Pod News has learned that a company called Image Rights is sending legal letters to podcast directories demanding money for, quote, copyright infringement, end quote. In this case, they claim that a podcast directory has reproduced podcast artwork that contains their client's copyrighted image. All podcast directories automatically pull images straight from podcasters' RSS feeds, semicolon, republishing infringing images is, the company claims, further copyright infringement, end quote. So that's interesting because they're targeting podcast directories. Now, as I was saying as we went into this, this is something that we've seen websites and webmasters and things like that. This sort of thing has happened before where companies have reached out and been like, you're using copyrighted material and you need to pay us money. But them going to directories, that's to me the interesting part. And I wonder if they're technically correct because if a directory is pulling down an image and they're hosting that image, they're kind of recreating it because it's now a copy of that image. It'd be interesting to see how this all plays out and where it goes from here. I'm suspecting there's going to be some challenges to this and some cases which will help uh, determine the future of this, but we'll see. If you want to check this out, we'll have the link in the document over at betterpodcasting.com slash 213. But this was very interesting for me to see when you sent this my way, SPA. In the past, we've been looking at DCMA takedown notices for like music copyright infringement. And we've talked about artificial intelligence and machine learning coming onto the space and identifying copyrighted audio as little as 0.5 seconds. You know, it, always in the past, there's been this myth out there. Oh, I only used four seconds of this song. It's okay. Not so much anymore. And they're starting to be able to look into tone shifted or speed shifted use. Whereas in the past, it's been a one for one equal look and well, not so much. And we're seeing more and more of these videos either monetized by the original owner and then the creator doesn't get any monetization from it, or we're seeing takedown notices for podcasts. And I think this is just going to continue. I think the monitoring of the podcast space for copyrighted material is going to get worse and worse and worse. And you just got to have your legal ducks in the row by using copyright free or copyrighted purchased images as well as your bumps and your music that you're using. And if you are actually taking clips of radio shows, of other podcasts, of videos into your works, you got to take that into account too, because the way that YouTube has changed just recently is if somebody's using your stuff, you get an automatic notification of, hey, look, we've noticed that somebody uploaded your content over here. Have you allowed that? Is this copyright infringement? And you get to go in and you say, yeah, actually that is. I mean, they've actually stepped up to that and they've listened to the YouTube creators. In the podcast world, it's going to be big and it's going to be big, uh, I think, with music first and then it's just going to go from there. What would scare me is if you have 300, 500 episodes of a podcast and you have podcast art on every single one of those episodes that is the same copyright infringement, and you have a million downloads of your podcast through those 300 episodes, yeah, I'd be worried. I'd be worried about having to pay up big bucks. This is not a simple takedown notice. This is you owe something at that point, and I'd be worried about it. So we're just trying to tell you as hobbyists that you have to stay within the legal bounds, even if you say we're just doing this for fun. Yeah, you might get called out on it. And this is why SP has all of those smart switches so he can just turn off his lights and make his album art a picture of him sitting there in the dark staring. That's, that's what all of his album art is now. You joke about this, but let's take a look at what happened in the last month. The Mandalorian came out on D Disney+. Plus. Baby Yoda was out there. Disney tried to take down every single meme and gif about Baby Yoda because it was copyright infringement. Ultimately, they decided what a monumentally bad idea that was for the fandom. However, 
legally, they're in the right. So just keep that in mind. Let's go ahead and see what you had to say to us recently. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. A few weeks ago, Damien the DM in our Discord server said, I haven't actually dug into this bundle yet, but it may be useful for video podcasters, question mark. And then he shared a humble bundle that had a whole bunch of video effects in it and some video uh, software in here. Now, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to give this a bit of a go here. Uh, haven't decided. I'll be honest, I don't think it's really for video podcasters as much as it is just for people who want to have a little bit of fun with video. And if you've heard or seen any of the things that I've put together for Gunna Geek and related projects over the last little bit, I like to have fun. So some of the things in here I might be able to use. The thing that I would like to highlight in this bundle here is that there's a lot of things that are compatible only with Adobe products. And so uh, I don't usually recommend Adobe products for the hobby podcaster because it's just so expensive. And so I, I usually recommend people struggle a little bit and save their money if they're a hobby podcaster. If you're looking though, you know, your time is money or you're looking to save time or save, you know, some struggles, maybe, maybe. But generally, I just think that it's not worth it for the average hobby podcaster. And the reason I say this is because Damien also asked me, do I happen to know what Premiere and After Effects plugins are? Like that bundle is also almost exclusive to that, but they are, are they Vegas compatible? And again, a lot of the stuff is not. So, you know, if you're not using Adobe, then it's not for you, but there are some things that you could probably use elsewise, but this is probably just going to be my first purchase to talk about next year on our R Gear episode. We also had listener Randy Walker over on the Discord. He said, I updated my podcast subscription button plugin for WordPress. New feature, Pocket Cast. Need to put something on the page about being the official graphics for each platform. And there was some back and forth. Waffles came in. He said, You've got Pocket Cast labeled as Spotify in the page. So guess what? It was a little beta testing that we were able to do within the Discord, which was great because Randy came back and said, thanks, Waffles. I'll figure out how to fix that from my phone at work. So he was actively trying to fix that. And then he did. He said, thanks. It's all fixed. So our Discord server, we talk about podcast stuff. Sometimes we help some of those developers out. If you want to be a part of that, come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. That's the Gunna Geek Discord, but we do have our little area within there with the Better Podcasting channel. But SP, that's going to take us to the end of our final 2019 episode. I cannot believe we're already here. The end of 2019. It's a new decade, but that's a hot topic now. Apparently, it might not be the, the, the new decade. That's what people are pointing out because there's no year zero. But new decade, no new decade. You go with the commonality. You don't go with the commonality. You think about it. You don't think about it. This is the last episode of Better Podcasting for 2019. And we look forward to having a fun 2020. We'll see what we do. Might be time to think about things a little bit, shake things up a little bit, maybe just have a two-minute podcast from now on. Better podcasting. We're just going to come in. We're going to play. The, it'll be an hour's worth of content still, but we're going to increase the speed so much that it's only two minutes. So then you have to slow it down. Wasn't there a Star Trek episode about that in their movie? Something about bigger, you know, stuff playing at too high a frequency or too fast and... Yeah, uh, everybody might have died if you know, we didn't actually figure it out with the Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise. So, yeah, <laughs> I, like I don't that. know if that's a really a good idea, Stephen. Uh, well, I'll go back to the drawing board. Uh, if you didn't know this, we take a week off, so there will be no show next week. And check out our Twitter for the next live episode of Better Podcasting. We'll make sure to talk all about that. SP, thank you for making this such a fun year on Better Podcasting. We've had a few offline chats and you've kept kept the wind in my sails in certain areas. And I just wanted to publicly say thank you for that. Yeah, similarly, 2019 was not an easy year for the SP household. And it hasn't really gotten too much better. 
So we're hoping 2020 is a lot better. And I know that you've helped me through it and and our listeners have helped me through it, whether they realize it or not, because podcasting about podcasts is something I love to do. I know it's something you love to do. We started this show because we basically both came to each other in the holiday timeframe way back in 2014 said, yeah, we should probably think about doing this. And we pulled it together and it's just been fun ever since. We've helped a lot of people. A lot of people have helped us. And I'm just looking forward to the great things to come in podcasting in 2020. So on that note, for episode 213 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying I've got a week to tear down my studio and put it back together because that's what I do when we take a week off. I'm SP saying I'm going to enjoy family and fun over the holidays. I suggest you too. And I stay safe and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.